Well, 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 welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas, and let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 61 of Amateur Hour. Uh, we have a lot of content today, and we're going to start with football because I know that we've really been pouring on heavy the basketball, and you know, not everybody likes balls that can bounce. So <laughs> we're going over to the balls that regularly deflate side of the sports world, and we're going to talk about a few things there. But before we get into that, Shreyas, let's kick things off. Let's get the good vibes rolling with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. Yeah, Max had man. In terms of in terms of my personal weekly high, got some good family time recently. Um, <clears throat> it was fun, uh, you know, taking uh, half a day off of work the other day and uh, being able to go out into nature with the fam and yeah, just you know eating on a picnic table, kind of walking around. Uh, we went to a place that's kind of like, they. it's kind of like a, a garden society type vibe where there's like a bunch of plants from native plants uh, in the area and they try to like uh, keep them alive, basically. You know what I mean? Like, so like have, a, have a space for all of them. Right. Um, like almost as, almost as a teaching tool as well. So they like keep, have nameplates so you can like walk around and see all the different plants you know just a nice outdoor vibe a little little earthy crunchy little, yeah a little, uh, little artsy little, little earthy uh, crunchy yeah so like you know what i mean just seeing you know i just love putting my hands in the dirt you know <laughs> just something about when it gets under my fingernails that's that's i love that <laughs> i no, do that's good i do it's you like, do like putting your hands i like well i like i like getting outside like hikes, oh, oh, like yeah, yeah. I, so. I wouldn't say I'm like a massive hiker, like meaning in, in the sense of like you know when people like hike for like five, ten miles, can't do it, can't do it. If there's a good one, one to three mile hike, it's like perfect. It's like a perfect length. If I can see my good nature throughout along that, the yeah, all, along the way, like good sights and stuff. But if I have to, if I have to go five to ten miles. To see something, to see something good. Okay, you're, you're. It's just not for you. Not about what about it. elevation? Are you, are you climbing or are you just want a flat? Um, I mean, flat is good. Flat is good. Uh, <laughs> flat is always good. But uh, no, I could, I can deal with elevation. I, I like um mountains and stuff. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. I like mountains and stuff. <laughs> you know, there'd be a lot of people that would buy that. <laughs> a lot of people that would buy that. <laughs> That's a new Earth Day t-shirt. I like mountains and stuff and stuff, uh, but yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, love a good, love a good outdoorsy, outdoorsy feel, especially when you can like kind of picnic outdoors. You bring bring some food, bring some snacks. You're not really distracted by much. No, very calming, calming presence. So, uh, got to do that recently, and uh, that was fun. Yeah, nice. So for. For my sports high, I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna highlight uh, Charles Barkley because at the end of that Celtics Net series, 
Yeah, we're gonna talk about the first round too. But at the end of it, when the when the inside crew came on, he got <laughs> he got KD KD a little butter about about his comments about you know bus drivers versus bus riders. Um, <laughs> even though he clarified, he clarified that KD is a great player, but you know. Based on the teams he's playing on, he needs to be playing better, right? Especially if he's considered the bus driver on this team. Oh. <laughs> so, like, which is a comment that, you know, he like he made and it was, I feel like it was fair. Like, he needs to play better, right? Like, that's not that's not anything new for, for a, uh, a superstar player like KD. I don't feel like that's like an outlandish comment. But it got him. It got him in his feels and on Instagram. And anytime Charles Barkley gets uh, a player in his feels and has has them retort back on in on on social media when he himself does not have social media, so he he has he has to have other people see it for him. And hey, when, Chuck, did you see what Katie said to your bus yeah. driver comment? <laughs> Where? Oh, look at that. <laughs> So like, like he's got him. He's got him posting old pictures of him and Scotty and Hakeem and him and uh, or Julius Irving and Moses Malone and Mo Cheeks and him. You know what I mean? And him and uh, Clyde Drexler and Hakeem and he's like, yeah, Chuck always been. Chuck's always been like had his like. What would Chuck be without the the OGs or whatever. Like he, he made a comment like that on IG with all those pictures. And I was like, I was like, damn, J- you took it the wrong way, but I well, love Chuck yeah, for the comment. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like Chuck says what he feels and he's not, he never like goes or most of the time he doesn't go over the line. He understands what it means to be a superstar. So when someone doesn't, it's not able to take it in right. the right way. It's not his fault. Right. So I I was like I was like this is just another of those moments that the superstar can't take it the right way. Well, I mean, think about yeah for KD, you know that guy's he he's got to be upset. You know, you get bounced first round without winning a game yeah. when people thought you were going to take it to seven possibly. I mean, that sucks. People thought they were going to win the the championship. Yeah, yeah. preseason rankings favorites. had them. Yeah, they were favorites. The Nets were still favorites. I mean, we put the Nets high up in our in our seed rankings. We did. We did. Yeah, because we we objectively evaluated the talent on the team, and we said this is a good team. Now, right. obviously, like we said last time, a lot of things happened. And an update from last episode. I mean, the Celtics defense did not let up. The last two games were a little less close than the first two, but yeah, I mean, impressive defense from the Celtics. And you have to give that credit versus Katie's poor shooting performance. At the same time, though, Chuck has a great point. It's like you, you, I mean, you've got Kyrie Irving on your team. You've got great offensive weapons. And your success this year hasn't been from defensively locking it up. It's been beating even the really tough defenses and outscoring them. So <sighs> it's sad to see him get upset. But yeah, Charles Barkley has a point. And this Nets team doesn't have some history of being together like last year they weren't really together right like they had like you know Harden coming in you know him being you know with the hamstring and Kyrie at the end and it was just KD last year and Harden on one leg basically and they they took it to seven games against the eventual champs right so it's a down year and so for for someone like Charles who has the pedigree 
right? Like we could say what we want, and if he, he, he like you know what I mean, like he can bypass. Hey, wait, 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 Shrey, Shrey, are you saying that we're not qualified? I'm saying we are qualified as amateurs. <laughs> we are the most qualified amateurs. I feel. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Again. Well, you know, that's our whole thing is we've never played professional sports, so we don't we don't get it. We don't get it. We have no idea what that's like. We have no, no idea what the lifestyle is like. I mean, we're out yeah. No yeah. clue. You, you saw you heard me in the beginning. I said I don't want to go on a ten mile hike. <laughs> like the, These guys like, are in insane superhuman form three hundred and sixty five days out of the year and we're like, Yeah, I, if it elevates over four hundred feet, I I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So when we talk about when we talk about something, it's different from when Charles talks about something. And I don't know. Like, it's a down year, and people have the right to say that. So when Kyrie is going off on Twitter, and Katie's going off on Twitter, it's all it's all misguided. Well, do you want them to say? I mean, here's the thing, Trey. Do you want Charles Barkley to say, "Hey, good job, guys. You you really tried." It would be so. That's fraudulent. Yeah. Exactly. It's not true. You didn't do a good job. You couldn't. You couldn't win one game. You did not do a good job. So, yeah. Getting and these feels, people and, and they know it. They know it. That's why they're angry, right? Because they know it. They wouldn't. Right. Be, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't clap back if it if it meant that it uh it wasn't true, right? Like people have said about KD all the time, and right. I mean, bad example because he retorts at literally every person on Twitter. Scarlett Johansson, I'd like to drink your bathwater. <laughs> a literal tweet from Kevin Durant. Hey yo, hey yo, <laughs> what are you doing? Tweet, you his okay? Old tweets are funny. His old tweets are funny. His old tweets are yeah. Uh, no, so I, I yeah, it's uh, hey, you know, good for Chuck though. And it, sure, I, I I agree. He has the right to kind of say these things with, and you can take it with two grains of salt. Versus just one. It's, I mean, yeah. he's been there. He, he has. was in the finals. You know, he had these teams. You know, he he played basketball for a number of years, and he, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm never gonna to put. The, I'm never gonna put the he didn't win against him. I guess when he's making comments, because what like yeah, Shaq and KD have won that the won the final series, but to say that Charles. Is not a winning player. Is you know I mean, false. like he has he has won at a high level, so his his opinion requires that kind of like like people should listen. That's all. Like you know what I mean. So I'm happy that Charles is continuing to 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 put the pressure on on players the same way that he has in the past because uh, I feel like people actually listen and people make it mad, but. They usually come around when Charles and Shaq and Kenny make comments like the people. When people I come around. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, what we said before is you have to broaden the scope, right? There's only one champion every year. NBA has only been around for 75 years. Yeah. You can only have so many. And, you know, again, the average lifespan of an NBA player is not incredibly long, you know, on average, unless you're a superstar. But mm -hmm. If you don't win, I mean, there's a lot of great players that never won anything, mm -hmm. quote unquote, still qualified, still great players. And I take them on my team any day of the week. Are you kidding Absolutely. Me? Yeah. You yeah. still take their opinion. Like, I mean, like they're, yeah, they're NBA yeah. players. Like, yeah. 
So you're a superstar and you talk about other superstars. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the opinion matters. I agree. And I think that's what know, hurts. One, that's what... It's why it hurts. It's why KD's got so, got him so down. It's because someone that was at one point on his level. Right. And it's not like, it's not like Bobby Joe Sue from, you know, HR (laughs) Intel is like, well, I think KD should have played better. And it was, you know, they're, they're Twitter famous. So it went viral. No, it's Charles freaking Barkley. And you know, the one thing I really do like about Chuck, he seems to be the only one on the inside crew who like really watches the games. You know, Kenny does his his analysis and he like kind of gets it. Shaq, doesn't care he just he's like he's like he just talks about people and you're like who's he he i can't can't remember his name you got your eyes on pascal no i got my eyes on siakam pascal siakam oh oh that that's that's his first name oh i had no idea (laughs) do you remember that you got your eyes on pascal no i got my eyes on siakam Uh, uh, no, anyway yeah Sha- Shaq is good about getting into the mind of an NBA player but to, like he's not his his uh, comments about today like the game that he's watching and the players that are playing are up to par but like I will take him for his comments on like getting into the mind of a superstar dominant player any day right like it's it's all factual so they like they all add something. I love that, and you know, part of the bus driver comment, the bus rider comment, because it got Kenny so butthurt too, because because <laughs> Kenny was trying to like add his two cents to that conversation, right? And he was like, they're like both Shaq and uh, Charles were like, well, Ke- Kenny, you know, you've never been a bus driver, so you can't be. And Kenny's like so bad, and it's like he just can't handle that uh, he wasn't like a superstar. <laughs> He wasn't a superstar. He he was not. He was yeah, like no, he, he wasn't. Every year in two K, he'll get like a ruby card at best. Like he was not. Kenny was a Kenny was a good player on a bad team, and then he was a great role player on a championship team. But he was never. He, but that's what he's like. He never but drove he the bus. There. That's what Charles was saying. That's just like it's just a fact. So when they did the when they at the end of the the next show or something or that show they they had a bus set up for Charles to ride through the TNT gate and he drove everyone through. I was like, that is one of the best inside moments that's, good, that's, that's ever good. happened. They did. They rented a bus and called it like uh, Chuck's wagon or something like that. And, dr- and, and he got to drive it out of the lot. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I love that crew. That's why I love Charles. Uh, he speaks his mind and then they do fun stuff like that. Uh, they always got his back too. So I, I, that's my, that's my sports high. It's a kind of a long winded sports high, but that was my sports high. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. All right. Well, let's get over to those dastardly lows. <laughs> the lows. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, my personal low. And I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm really trying my best. I'm really trying to pull through here, but I did it again, and I gave myself food poisoning again. This time, though, it wasn't from a 40-year-old burrito. It was a fresh burrito that I was like, you know what? I'm ready to get hurt again. I went to a mom-and-pop Mexican restaurant up in Sedona, Arizona. I was with the fam. You know, it was a good time. Again, I had some good family time this weekend. It was great. It was great until I had this freaking – I can't even think about it. 
<laughs> I had this meal and it just felt like a rock in my stomach. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel great. And I was like, why did I get the beef? Because that's what got me sick last time. I was like, why did I get the beef? Mm. And then that night I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning. And then at about 4 a.m., just puking. Yeah. Just puking. Then lay down for 15 minutes, get upset again, go puke again, get up, go puke, puke. And then the next day I was bedridden for, you know, till 12. My parents wanted to, because again, they're on vacation. So they're like, can we walk around? the town Shrey, i was like a husk i had no energy i was hurting bad and did you I was walk just around like, with them i tried i had to sit on a bench i couldn't walk for more than like four minutes consecutively i felt so That's, bad yeah so it was i mean just me. it's like all the like a lack of sleep nothing in your stomach like it's just not a good recipe just not a good recipe and so everybody at this like little like you know village shopping center probably thought that i was on drugs because I was walking, I was like shuffling, I was like leaning over, and I was just like, oh. yeah, it was not good. So, yeah, uh, really unfortunate. And take care of yourselves, people. Watch out for lettuce, watch out for beef and chimichangas. <laughs> just, just not fun at all. Uh, so, we're here, we're recording, we're having a good time, but I may have to get up and take several breaks to uh, relieve myself if you are picking up what I'm putting down. Now for my sports low, we're going to be talking about, you know, kind of the first round recap, second round preview. But I want to say, and this is a particular one for me, is that the Utah Jazz, right? Every year they have a solid, fine regular season. But yet again, after leading in the first couple of games of the series, the Utah Jazz get bounced again. Not in the second round this time, but in the first round. And that to me, I just I just don't understand. I mean, is it Donovan, is it Donovan Mitchell ISOing too much? Is it a lack of team play? I would say no, because they they all pass. They make the extra pass. Is it the exposure of fraudulent Rudy Gobert, who, like we talked about before, can't step out to the three-point line? Uh, is, it, is it coaching? Is it general management? Is it lack of team chemistry? I don't know, Shrey, but the Utah Jazz are out of the playoffs yet again. And that, for me and all these Mormons up in Utah, is very sad. It's, it's a recurring theme. And it, it was it's I think it's gotten to a point in Utah where it had almost or actually had gotten to a point here um, over the past couple of years before the season when you had these disappointing losses, you know, stringing of, you know, one by one. Yeah, yeah, you were able to get past a couple of rounds, but it always ended up being the same thing, right? A lack of a lack of energy in these gig in the in the closeout games, or you know, a lack of maturity on the court. Um, just you know, is is this the right team fit for for the NBA for a winning team? I think those are the questions that they're going to start getting in Utah now. Uh, now that their summer has started, and started very early. Very but they early. got no bus to Cancun. They just. They went home. <laughs> they went home to Salt Lake. They're all by the lake, um, and so you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of these questions. Does does Donovan and Rudy Gobert is that the tandem you want to continue to build around? You paid Gobert five. What is it? Five years, two hundred million. Some you paid him. You paid him the max. You paid Something Gobert along those lines. Yeah, you, you paid him the Gobert. You paid Gobert the max. It was two hundred million. Um, I remember at the time because uh, Shaq went off on it, and I think it was more than uh, 
Shaq had ever made or something like that. Um, and uh, he might be the guy to go. He's your defensive player of the year, but if he if if you Not had to this pick year, between boy. <laughs> if you yeah three time defensive player of the year and you're thinking about trading him, it's kind of crazy. But thinking about trading him, really, really though, I mean, I, if they're... I I think I think if you had to pick between Donovan and Gobert, who would you trade? A small, a, a very undersized guard who is incredibly athletic, but lets his own ego get in the way of like critical team decisions, or a you know paint paint stopper defensive big that at the same time can get exposed when brought outside the literal paint um and is less versatile that who who i've i don't know when was the last time you saw rudy gobert shoot a jump shot from like the short corner Man, he, he just doesn't like, he just and doesn't. It do, it's ugly when he does oh my well because his arms are like eight eight <laughs> yeah he just does not have the shooting motion like it's more he's got to hit he's got to shoot a hook or be right at the rim or it's not it's not going in Right, right. So it's 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 who do I pick between the? Oh, I mean that's that's tough, Shrey. It's it's. Do I think actually, Donovan Mitchell, if he if he buys into a system where it's more focused on team play, I think maybe he. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe he might. Yeah, be I trust. Go. I trust where the talent is. Right, who can score? He can score at all three levels, and he's not yet a willing passer, but he does pass, and I feel like you know. We had the same question about Jason Tatum, right? Where it was like he scores at all three levels and he can pass, but he sometimes does not choose to, and he plays ISO ball, right? I feel like that's where we are with Donovan Mitchell. It uh, he just does not he he hasn't figured it out yet, and that's something that if I can see that with Jason Tatum, that progression, I'm not I'm not willing to rule out that I can see that with Donovan Mitchell. That you couldn't see that. Could with Donovan couldn't Mitchell. see that. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, couldn't see that with Donovan Donovan Mitchell. So. I take that talent. I think the big he's he's really good, right? His ability to to move his feet in the paint, to to help help on D, you know, there's no real it like you know what I mean like when there's when there's smaller guys, he's like smacking everything out of there. He does no, get exposed. Yeah. He does get ex- more get exposed against bigs, against really dominant like Embiid and and Jokic. Jokic oh, had like Jokic had like yeah. forty eight on him in a game, right? And he's uh, um, you know what I mean. So, well, there's... so betray. Actually, let's just let's just do the math right there, right? So let's so let's just for argument's sake, Donovan Mitchell can't guard the paint. Rudy Gobert can't guard the three point line. If yeah. we do the math, which one would you rather let up? Would you rather let up a three or let up a two? Yeah, I'm not letting up that three. In today's NBA, you can't let up the three. I'm not letting because that's up what three. that's what kills you. Yep. So I mean, I, in my opinion, like we, we've seen, we've seen what like so. Gobert, you paid him two hundred million. Time, like look at Time Lord. Right, his first year, he, he was almost a defensive player of the year can, uh, candidate for for a certain part of the year. He, he, you know what I mean? Like if he had not gotten injured, he would have gotten more votes. I feel like you're paying him. What four for fifty four? I think was yeah, his contract. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you don't have to pay that type of guy the max. So I think if, the con- yeah. the contract is a the contract is what is what gets to me is like if Gobert would be so much more of a value if he didn't have that contract. But now that I think of him and how he his play, 
right? Overall, and how people are able to scheme against him. And they do it every year. Yeah. And, and how and how um and and someone like Time Lord, I'm like, oh man, I gotta get rid of the contract. Is how I feel almost. It's just like it's just no financial flexibility. If you look at how that team is put around him, Royce O'Neal c- cannot get a bucket to save his life. What is he doing on the court? There was a stat earlier, like in the middle of the year, where Donovan Mitchell was passing to him nine times a game. Why is he passing to Royce O'Neal nine times a game? Like people, like Rudy Gobert was trending <laughs> on Twitter because Donovan Mitchell only passed to him two times a game. Wow! And talk about if you, it, wow! So I, I did not know that. Wow! So so I mean that that team play as much as we think about the Jazz, it's just not happening with the right team. They their others, as the inside crew would say, are not good. Jordan Clarkson not reliable. Like I just like and he has his spurts, but he's not reliable. Like, uh, but he's a guy. He's a guy that you take. You know, for me, Jordan Clarkson gets about twenty or so, twenty twenty three minutes a game. But he's only an off the bench when you need a bucket type guy because he's so good in isolation that yeah. But I agree that he's not really like a team team player. But he's, he's a good weapon to have. He's the backup guard, Max. He's like when right, when Conley right. is out. Or when Mitchell is out, they put Clarkson in. I bet, so Clarkson I plays yeah. starter minutes. They don't have a true backup guard like, like um, with Dallas when they're able to bring Brunson off the bench or start him. They have the flexibility. They have Dinwiddie flexibility off the bench, right? They don't. They have a guy that can control the ball, make good plays, make good decisions as a point guard. Clarkson is not a true point guard, so when he has to act like one. It doesn't look pretty. He's chucking 30 times. You could check it on any, like, you know what I mean? Like, he he just does not have good percentages. Royce O'Neal, I've already got, you know, like, who else do they have? Eric Pascal, like, uh, I, I they just don't Hassan, have. Hassan Whiteside, dude. Yeah, you went from one uh, exposed big to another exposed big. Hassan Whiteside, <laughs> that man gets exposed. The team I know construction, he, man. Yeah. It's well, just it's like, and you have talent, too. I mean, you got, you got Mike Conley, and he, he's somebody who I would keep on the but team he, for sure. He's on his last legs, man. He's good. He's yeah, a good I know, player. I know. He's a good player. Um, he's a solid player. He's a he's a back. He's close to being a backup point guard to me at this point. I don't I, I don't know if I can start him starter minutes. He has to get his rest. He has to like you know what I mean. Like if he's playing thirty minutes a game, he's an injury risk. Right. The contract at the time, I was like, mm, good player. I don't know if I'd give him the money, but. Now that you have him and he's a couple years in, I think uh, he's 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 getting to that kind of Ricky Rubio ish status for me. Like he just doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it anymore. He's a good. He'd be a really good player in limited minutes, like Ricky Rubio is. He'd be a guy. He get get hot, make his free throws. He's a he. He knows how to pass the ball as a point guard. He's a, he controls the ball well, but. I'm not playing him like, you know, when I saw him at the end of games, like that end of the end of the last game and he's chucking up a three and I'm like, uh, that basically lost him the game. I'm like, why are you making that decision? Right. It's just like, I think like, it's just not, I'm hot. I'm hot. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> I've got so, this. And you're like, bruh, bruh. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm kind of like, bro with that team. Like, I feel kind of like, the same way I would feel about the Celtics team about like, who are the other, who are the, who are the role players on that team that make a difference? And other than Mitchell and Gobert, 
no one really ma- and Boyan Bogdanovich. I'll give Boyan Bogdanovich. He's a good other. He's a good other. He's not. He, he doesn't do enough on both sides of the court. He's not a real great defender. He's not a great rebounder. He doesn't pass the ball. He's there. He's he's like a JJ Redick. But if your third best player is is JJ Redick, like that's tough. That's it's tough, tough to it's tough to win. JJ Redick is an ama- is an amazing shooter, but he's got to be he's got to be there just to shoot. He if you're dis- if you're depending on him to make any sort of playmaking, it's going to be difficult. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see how they kind of they I think they're going to have to really send a lot of pieces out and get some players that can who's going to pick up Gobert players. though. Who's 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 taking that contract? It's going to be difficult. I think what I think team, st- what team would take him? Sacramento? Me? Oh. No. No, because they got they're, some bonus. They like, and they like Rashawn Holmes too. Yeah, it would be, yeah. So, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. I think they're gonna start with getting out the others. I think that's where it's gonna start. Oh, you know who could take him? Houston could take him. Oh, you mean like get their Capella backup plan? Like they, we haven't had Capella for so long. We need a dominant big to get Gobert. Well, who who do they, who who do they have? At, uh, how do you say his name? Al Prince. Yeah, Al Prince and Goon. Sangoon, yeah, yeah, he looks like he could be good in a couple of years, but until then, and he doesn't, he doesn't really have the height to play center, like or the. That's the, true. The he's, like, he's like a. He, you he's know a post he playing four. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got all the moves for he's sure. Moves. He's got all the moves. So right, uh, so then you 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 throw in a vertical fr- threat with Gobert. That actually might not be bad. It might be, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but it's just it, the two hundred million GMs. We we know what's up. It's it's the two hundred million. Two hundred like, million. Yeah, it's just a lot. Forty million a year for Gobert when his skill set is is exceptional but limited. That's what it is. That's what Gobert is exceptional but limited, right? right. He's really good at what he does, but he's he, he's just really he just really can't. He's just not going to become what you want him to become for that money. Right, but if you're looking at him as like an outfit, like he's again, he's he's got he's got Gucci shoes on. He's got you know Tommy Hilfiger underwear. He's got you know, uh, um, God, I don't know my designer brands, but he's got a really nice shirt on too. Versace <laughs> um, Prada. He's got a Versa- Versace, but he's got no pants on, right? <laughs> and you look at that, and you're like, well, he's not the whole fit. He's not the whole thing. But he's what he does have, like you said, is really nice. But he's got no pants on. <laughs> And how am I going to pay forty million dollars for a guy with no Dior pants? pants? You make a good point. <laughs> you make a good point. Big brain moves, people. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Uh, it remains to be seen with with the Jazz, and you know, as the playoffs continue, then the off season rumors start, and I do love trades, and I mm. do love seeing the oh. people get swapped around. Mm. It's great seeing Mm-mm. seeing different players in different jerseys. So we'll we'll keep everybody updated as that progresses, but. Until then, let's dive into our meat and our potatoes. And let's go over the NFL draft out of Vegas. I mean, what a spectacle. What a show. You know, they set up that hallway. They had everybody walking in. No Mac Jones looking like a Pete, you know, like a, a principal <laughs> this time, but that's okay. You had some questionable picks. You had some great picks. And we're going to kind of dive into some of the winners and some of the losers. And we're going to talk about the Patriots as well. So, Shrey, let's what are, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, what, what's the first thing that, that, that comes to mind after you saw this NFL draft? Yeah, Max. So, you know, very interesting draft. Uh, was, su- wasn't surprised. Across the board. I, yeah, I would say pretty interesting across the board. 
Yeah, um, wasn't surprised about the the top picks. I knew that uh, Walker had gotten some some more talk later on. He had he had gotten a little bit of rise uh, in the rankings, especially for Jacksonville. Um, but for a while there, it was Aiden Hutchinson. So him going two to the to the Detroit to the, Lions to the Lions, uh, yeah. who who desperately need defensive help. They. My gosh, the, it's like <laughs> when you talk about it's like you know the you know the defenders like uh when they when someone blows by them and they do like the the hand the hand turn style thing. That's the Detroit Lions defense. It's just like oh when you play them in fantasy, you're like licking your chops. You're like, all right, what are we getting? 180 or 200 yards for my wide receiver today. So to have a pass rush uh talent like Aiden Hutchinson is gonna be real uh real benefit for them you know the cornerbacks at the the beginning of the draft uh makes sense uh i thought the the giants did a really good job uh shout out joe sorallo i know he was excited about those picks on twitter uh thibodeau to get him at five and then they get a guard they need they need to protect whoever they they're gonna put at that quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones, I know they didn't pick up his options. So for the future, whoever the quarterback's oh, they, gonna be. Wait, they did or they did not? Uh I don't think they did. Wow. Yeah. So uh whoever the future quarterback's gonna be, corner quarter quarterback is gonna be, uh they're gonna have to protect him. So Evan Neal, good pick there. Um, a lot of wide receivers off the board in the first round. There was a string of three in a row. Right, you got uh, Wilson, Alavi, and Williams, all big schools. Uh, you got Dotson, and but the one I want to talk about, Max, is Traylon Burks mm. from Arkansas going to Tennessee, and it was because the Tennessee Titans traded away AJ Brown, their stud wide receiver, to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's then, really uh, interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Uh it looks like they did not they did not come uh close on a contract. So they decided to trade him. He signs a four year one hundred million dollar contract with I think fifty seven guaranteed, if I remember correctly. Wow. Massive deal. I think uh from what I saw online, I don't know if AJ said this or not, that Tennessee wasn't willing to go past 20 or something like that 20 a year so he gets basically he gets 57 guaranteed he gets uh 25 a year now right so he gets he gets paid um what it seems like is tennessee was not willing to to pay him that money because of his injury concerns you know how he's been throughout these years he's had you know multiple surgeries he's had multiple games missed uh He's a talent. He's a big body receiver, 6'1", 200 receiver uh, that will go up and fight for catches. He puts his body on the line, and he gets injured a lot. So right. Philadelphia took the risk on him, but they draft Traylon Burks, Tennessee Who is does. also a big boy. He's 6'2", also 200, you know, in change. 6'2", uh, 225. He is massive. He's, oh. And if you've Woo! seen highlights of this guy, he I have has, not. But he has he has great straight line speed, 
so he can get away from defenders. So it's not like he's uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be really good in the offense. And people are comping him right now to AJ Brown. To AJ Brown, yeah. So I think Tennessee saw, hey, we really like this kid. We think he can be a number one in our system, the same way AJ Brown was. We're not ready. We're not ready to pay AJ Brown that money. So they saw him on the board at 18 and it was like a right. It was almost like a right then and there trade. It was like a couple picks right before, right? When you saw, uh, the, uh, the offensive guard, I think, uh, from Boston college, Zion Johnson, uh, it was like right, right before that. Tr- and then that trade happens. And they know that they can get trail on Burks and then they, they, they pick him. So I think they had him on the radar that if this guy is still available and we know, like they probably made some calls like, Hey, who are you going to take? Who you like kind of stuff? Who do they like? Who do you think? They probably said, okay, no one's going to pick this guy. Let's go through with this deal. And they got the guy that they wanted. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, a Tennessee, Tennessee comes out. They get a, they get a guy on a cheap deal now, right? He's going to be way cheaper than, AJ Brown, but massive trade, massive implications for for football to have. Now you look at the Philadelphia Eagles side of things. You have Jalen Hurts uh, now tossing the football to the feet of multiple good receivers. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well now, Max, what's the excuse? If he doesn't throw well now, what's the excuse? Well, he had a, he had a fine year last year. He had a great he had a great year running last year, but there was a lot of times when. He was just struggling to pass the uh, pass the ball vertically. It like overthrowing a lot of balls, kind of just chucking him into the sidelines, chucking him at feet. It's yeah, just, but we could still see flashes of like a good solid quarterback. Yeah, of course, of course. Him. But he's got to he's got to drastically improve. I give him the benefit of the doubt. You're right. You're right. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt of one off season to work on his craft. Yeah, because he has to, and it should just be throwing right. And now, yeah, you're right. If he still can't perform, because you have guys that are gonna vacuum the ball up. Yeah, you know, Devontae AJ Smith. Brown when he's when he's healthy is. And you very got Devo- good. you got De- Devonta Smith as yeah. well. They coming, you know, second year. You saw what he could do last year. He had some really good moments. I think he had a he had a inconsistent but good rookie season. I think you saw what you needed to see out of him. You know that he could improve off of that. The you got a good man. The what they do in that offense to Miles Sanders is an absolute travesty because he is so much better than how they use him. Yeah. It is yeah. it is ridiculous. He's a he's a power runner. He can get between the tackles. He can catch the football. Right. Yeah, he does have a problem with fumbles. But he is an electric running back, if you allow him to be. So they they need to use him as a weapon too. They if Jalen Hurts needs to check down, he's got to check down to Miles Sanders, right? They have they they paid Dallas Goddard the big bucks, tight end. So they got receivers now. They got catching. They got guys that can help him improve his passing game. It's on Hurts right now. So we got to see that improvement. They they're all in on Hurts. They they want him to succeed. It's almost yeah, like but- a two. It's a two one thing. Well, we, we talked about that uh, last year. No, but we talked about that, you know, in our episodes last year. We talked about the Jets buying in on Jalen Hurts and saying that, yeah, this is our guy. This is who we want in leading our team going forward. And, uh, what you know, what does that look like for kind of the, the franchise right now? And, I mean, do you think he has one year left? 
If he doesn't perform, say? I think No, I think he's got two. I think he's got two, but they're going to start putting the heat on him if he can't perform after this year. I think he's got I think he's got two years. It's getting to a point like, you know what I mean? Like he has he's a he's a phenomenal he has a phenomenal arm. The ball placement is the key. He's got to be able to Well, that's what I'm saying is you still see the flashes and you still see that the arm talent is there. Yeah. Right. So and, I just you just got to work on accuracy. You he's got to work on the accuracy. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. But yeah. it's a big part of being quarterback. It's not just you're not. Yeah, you, you should be able to throw the, the 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 deep ball when you can, right? 40, 50 yards. But how accurate can you put it on the spot? Can you do the 20 yard passes on the sidelines? Can you throw those? The, like there's a lot to there's a lot to uh, being a quarterback in terms of accuracy that you need to to polish. So. Yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, the I mean, with these kind of moves, these are the moves that you need to make. That that the Eagles look better than the Pats right now. They got some yeah. They got some they big some boys. Weapons. They got some big boys, man. Man, AJ Brown getting traded on draft day is not something I and all the wide receiver we've talked about wide receiver movement. This is another wide receiver to move. Who, who to wanted a team. the bag, who wanted the bag, and yeah, yeah and so he, he found a way it. to Yeah. And got it somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see, man. Debo Samuel's still out there. San Francisco will trade him. But he might be on the move if they can't come to an agreement still. Man, uh, it's just kind of crazy in the NFL right now. It's it's turning, It's very NBA-ish where you're seeing all these trades and you're like, fireworks. Yeah. Everywhere, and you're just not expecting it. Um, so that's what I'm. That's like kind of my first round take. Now I want to kind of Max move to the the Patriots. Yeah, I want to ask you what you thought, um, about the Patriots drafting a guard in the first round. When let, there let, was so when there was so much out, on the board. Let's put out. Let's put aside uh, that people say it's a reach. People okay. say it's a reach in terms of what? What do you mean? In terms of they could have, people are saying, or ESPN had a graphic or a stat the other day where it's like they thought he had there was a ninety three percent chance that Cole Strange would have been there at the Pat's second pick, which was at the time, uh, I think fifty four. I think yeah. So or or or. Well, what really gets me was the, was the video of um, the Sean McVay reaction. That, that, that got me. Yeah, we got to talk about that. What did you feel when you saw that? I thought, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I thought, I thought we deserved it a little. <laughs> I thought we deserved it too. I got out my big red clown nose and I put it on. Uh, <laughs> I, and that's, you know, if you're, if you're looking at like the, 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 the uh, what's the title I'm looking for? Like the, the, the reigning champion, the reigning champion coach. Mm. And he looks at your draft pick, and he he literally laughs out loud. He lols. <laughs> he said he said we wasted our time looking at him for our pick at one oh four. Like that's gotta that's just that's that's just like oh wow <laughs> yeah. All right, because we took him at uh, twenty nine overall. Yeah, and and it was that, a trade it down make, it too. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Shrey. I mean, if you look at all the talent that was left on the board, yeah, I agree. It's like, it, you really wanted this guy, that's fine. I think that he'll be a fine, uh, uh, you know, I think he'll ultimately be a good pick for what it was, but it's like, why would you draft him so high? This is like when you're playing fantasy and somebody drafts Patrick Mahomes second round. Yeah. Which, 
okay, but quarterbacks don't typically go till four or five. So it's, it's a I, I understand the value portion of it. Like you may think that like, oh, if you value the guy this much, go out and get him, right? Which is which is what you should be doing. Well, no, here we not that high. Well, okay, so what I'm saying is, so what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, if the guy can play, then we won't be talking about him being at 129. We'll talk about him be, being able to play, right? So what, so what I'm saying is, like most of the time, if you target a guy, it's good. But but I've heard, and I like this, I like this, uh, this rationale of the first round being for impact players who can come in. And, and 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 for and for the talent that you're able to just almost be like you wouldn't get any other round right that's that first round talent it's incomparable kind of like who would you be able to who's that who's talented who's going to be an impact immediately right when i look at the guard pick especially this guard do i think that he can make an impact immediately i'm not so sure i think he's going to need some work he's played around the offensive line and he, he's not really a center. Apparently he tried playing center in the senior bowl and got, it was like not good at all. Um, and he doesn't, he, I don't know. He's more of a guard. He's not really a tackle. It's one of these, it's one of these players where he doesn't come in having a defined role. And, and how can you be an impact player if you don't have a defined role? Yeah. So it's like because you know I mean? now, now you're going to need time for him to be on the Patriots roster to say, okay, let's try you out here. Exactly. Okay, that's not working. Let's try you out here. That's not impact. And, and tra- <sighs> the, I just, uh, it's like it's like you we don't we don't have a first round pick every single year, or we have a very low one, or we have a very low one, right? Yeah. Where I don't know. To me, it's like that's a valuable resource, right? And where where we could have gotten, you know, not to say that there. I don't know. There was still definitely like wide receivers that would have made an impact farther down into the second round, which that would have been better to take in the first round. Right. Because we were talking about, look, our receiving core. Eh. Eh. It's just okay. And you need to put those weapons around Mac Jones. And yeah, definitely sure up, sure up your lines, you know, both offensive and defensive. That that's great. That's what the draft is for. But at the same time, you draft. Yeah. Like you said, drafting a guard in the first I so twenty nine though. So drafting offensive linemen in the first round is not uh, unreasonable. It's not heard of. It's yeah. not unreasonable. But if you look at the the offensive linemen that are drafted in the first round, they are like ready pros. Like a Vince they are like they're like they yeah like like what's his name um, Rashawn Slater from last year. Um, you know what I mean. So. He got drafted. Who did he get drafted by? Uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. And he was like an impact, like rookie of the year type of guy at guard. So it's like he's ready. He understands. He has all the tools. Like he's got to be like really polished for you to take him in uh, the draft as a guard. I don't see that polish with this guy yet. And so for the amount of work they're going to have to put on him to have him be drafted in the first round. I feel like we're going to go through a lot of growing pains and not like a limited amount of like with the regular rookie, a lot of them for him to make an impact. And I don't know if in a team that is trying to be on the upswing, I don't know if, uh, and and also trying to protect Mac Jones. I don't know if we're ready for a lot of mistakes. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I want polished guys if we're taking a guard. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting with this pick, right? And this is another thing I want to talk about. With this pick, and then the second pick, we picked the wide receiver, Tyquan Thornton. Yep. Out of Baylor. Uh speedy kid. He had the best he had the best 40 in the combine. 428. Wow. Wow. Holy Four, crap. 428 40 dash. So we pick him. We pick both of them cons- considered two experts, quote unquote, reaches. And we'll we'll know for sure because the second round, um, there were wide receivers taken after Taekwon Thornton. Uh particularly the teams that the team that we we traded with uh both times to for for the first round second round picks Kansas City now Kansas City we had 21 we traded out of town in 21 to go to 29 Kansas City drafts Trent McDuffie cornerback in second round we trade out of the second round pick uh we trade up to get Tyquan Thornton Kansas City trades back they get Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Yeah. Who people like more than Tyquan Thornton. He's really? a little bigger. Uh, it, people like his route running. It seems like more of a polished receiver. I don't know too much about him, but it seems like he's more of a polished receiver. Now, when I think about it, like, do I, which draft do I like of the first two picks? And which draft would you like, Max? Would you like the guard and the speedy, speedy small receiver? Or the cornerback? Uh... And a receiver. Like, let's just say, you both get a receiver. Do you want a cornerback or do you want a guard? What do you think is the bigger need? Yeah, what do you think? Well, what do you think is the bigger need for us? Oh. Hmm. That's actually, that's actually an interesting question. Because I I, I still don't like... Would you rather have the Chiefs draft or would you rather have our draft? The way it is. I may, I may, well, so Cole, Cole Strange being on the team, I don't think like people are saying is I don't think he's a bad pick. I mean, I think that he could turn into a good player. who's yeah. going to give us production. Who's going to give us that, you know, kind of that wall on offense, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody who's a little bit more versatile, especially if he has played multiple positions. Yeah. Well, I, I guess with limited success, but regardless, if he finds his spot, that's something that we need, right? Right. We, right. You need, we need that O-line, but a corner. Uh, I might, I might take the chiefs draft. Because yeah, if we're if, we're, if we got a similar if we got a similar receiver, and we can shore up that corner position with somebody who did you say that he looks like he's like ready to play right out of the people like him yeah he's got a good he's got he got a good rating um he looks like right he's he'd be ready to play I don't know like, speed how isn't everything right he's a little bigger uh let me see uh what he is Trent McDuffie twenty one so he's five eleven one ninety three so he's he, He's he's not like massive. He's like almost like regular height for a corner, like in that five eleven six foot range. Yeah. Um, he's not. It looks like he's not very long, but he uh, he's good at getting. He's like good at getting to the ball, and he plays the run really well. So we need a corner, man. I think we got a corner in the third round with Marcus Jones. Um, yeah, he's small, but he's speedy. So I like it. So we 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 definitely went on the speed route, right? We got the speedy wide receiver, we got the speedy cornerback. But as a first round talent, 
I want some. I want a guy that we can uh, re- almost like replace J.C. Jackson with. We just lost a- an all-pro type cornerback. Whatever you say about him, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Ball hawk mentality, right? Right. The ball finds him. He makes plays. He's a playmaker. You lose that. You don't have a number one corner anymore. You're, you lose that for nothing. Oh you lose for nothing. You don't even franchise him. You don't. You lose it for nothing. Like why? Right? It's a why. It's a why. Like, it's because Bill thinks that if he makes you, he could just do, and, and you, you, you grow too big for him. He could just find your. He just find you again. Like, he'll just he'll just keep churning them out. Like he's a factory or something. That's how he. Like you know what I mean? Like it, like seriously, he found he had um, Revis. He found Gilmore. He, Gilmore had the same like I want more money. He said no. We got J C Jackson. You know what I mean? J C Jackson said no. I want more money. He said no. Now we're gonna find the next guy. Well, it's like you if you want top talent. I say this and I say this to guys at work. You know, I say this to a lot of people. If you want top talent, if you want top talent, I don't care what field you're in. I don't care if you're at working at Target. I don't care if you work at Intel. I don't care if you work for the NFL. If you want top talent, you need to pay. Right. You need to pay, and these guys realize their value, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that from a player standpoint. 100%. And you should be okay if you want to uh, – you don't want to keep finding guys to fit in your system. If you guys is you already good in your system and you pay him, right? Like, yeah, you're, not, you're, you're not taking paying a, him 20 mil a year either. You're paying him, uh, you know, a solid – what? I mean, how much money did he want? Well, I think he got like uh, 16 or 17. Yeah, over what? Th- three year? Let's see, J.C. Jackson contract. I think I think it was more like uh, four. He got five for eighty-two and a half. Five for eighty-two and a half was his contract with L.A. And that runs at around a sixteen and a half AV. Okay, so, so that is expensive. That is that is that is expensive. But if he's one of the best, if he's one of the best players in the league at his position, I mean, it's. You have to you have to look at that value, and also if Bill has that mentality, it's just going to keep happening because these yeah, guys are going to get good, and they're just going to say, "Hey, I want more money." Exactly, exactly. Right? If he's gonna if he's gonna make good cornerbacks, and we're just we're just going to continue to have turnover, like I don't know, like it's just not it's not a way. I want to I want to root for guys that stick on the team that play well for us that we can see over a long period of time if they are good, right? Yeah, it's a risk to pay these guys all that money. Once you give them the contract, do you expect them to perform? Yeah. And their expectations go higher. And if they don't, then it's you're going to feel like, oh, man, did we pay him the right amount of money? But that's the risk you got to take sometimes to get that talent. You got to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a give and take. If you're trusting in the guy to do to put in the work, then he's going to produce for you if it's, mm-hmm. a, if it's a good player, right? So... I wish we had gone for a corner early. I wish we had gone for a linebacker early, actually. That's one thing we did not address throughout this draft, is getting a linebacker. We didn't even get one. And Dante Hightower is on his last legs. <sighs> and and like we, we, we haven't been able to really use Jawan Bentley as much. Right? Or like he's, he's probably been our best tackler. But like I don't really... I'm trying to figure out his fit still. Josh Uche, not not been a a a good pick so far we traded away (laughs) chase vinovich uh, winovich 
for Mac Wilson from the Browns. So I don't know how Mac will, uh, Mac Wilson will be. We got kind of these mid guys in the middle, in the interior that uh, that are on the like kind of on their way out or don't really have a spot. Kind of right. maybe these role players. Right. I wanted an impact linebacker in the first round. So when I Must saw they traded, nice. yeah. When when they traded out and got a guard, I was like, oh man. Yeah, why did yeah, exactly. Why don't we why don't we draft a linebacker in the first defensive one, the first player? Round. I wanted a defensive player. I think that defense needs work in the middle. It really does. There's a lot of aging guys like McCordy and Hightower that I feel like we need to have guys under them that they can tutor while they're still on the team and uh kind of grow into that position. So a so a defensive back and a linebacker would have been my first choice. We need to get speedier there. We need to get better there. And and so I feel like offensive guard could have happened later on. That's a pick that could have happened in the third or fourth. Third well, that's, round. that's the whole point, Shrey, is that, that yeah, you didn't have to. You, yeah, that's fine that you drafted him. He's, I'm sure he'll be fine. Needs a little bit of work, but why would you take him at 29? 29. When there's freaking how many hundred picks? And how many, you know, 150 something. Yeah. And we had, and we had a, a, a first round, second round, third round, three fourth rounds, three sixth rounds, and one seven round. Yeah. We had so, 10 overall, 10 picks overall. 10, 10 picks. Uh, there, there was, you got to tell me that there was another. I mean, we did get another guard, Jason Hines, round yeah, six. Yeah. We picked him at the end. So the, all the guards came at the end. So they were like, okay, we had the. Oh, and the, yeah, so all the guards came at the end. So we had the the strange pick, and then we didn't, we picked at like six or seven. We picked some guards. So I felt like kind of could have been flipped. We should have went defense first, wide receiver, uh, offensive line. And if we had gone like that, I feel like we would have had a much better draft. And in, our, in my eyes, if I would have been like excited for. But it, since the roles were kind of reversed, I feel like uh, like there's still something at me where I feel like we don't have many impact players. And that's what the first round is for, is for the guys that are impact players. We still, I feel like we're limited on the impact players. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, uh, it's like but every do- week. We t- what? Oh, I'll keep going. Keep going. Sorry. I was just going to say every week we talk about the Patriots. It seems like more di- di- more dire and more dire. It's yeah. like when we... <laughs> I mean, maybe Shrey will be the fools, and they will really put everything all together, and this is exactly what they needed. Because, mm. yeah, you know, we're we're not in the Pats front office, but you know, you don't play your coaches and you don't pay your players. That's that things like this happen where you're kind of scrambling at the bottom of the the pile for talent. <sighs> is there anybody out here <laughs> who's left in the sixth round? <laughs> um, I do have I do have one more question for you, Max. Yes, this draft was uh i feel the year the year of the year of change in terms of backup quarterbacks in terms of quarterbacks in general right where it was like you don't have the the high quality quarterback class that last year was considered but you got a lot of quarterbacks this year that have a chance to be make an impact right you got the steelers picking kenny pickett in the first round right he was the first one off the board you got the Falcons picking Desmond Ritter. You got yep. the Carolina Panthers picking. We traded the pick to the Carolina Panthers so that they could pick Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. You got the Titans 
picking Malik Willis, who slipped really far. I think he slipped to the third round. Uh, he was once considered an option for Carolina at number six. He slipped to the third round. Tennessee picks him up. Now, I want to ask you. You may know a little bit about these players. You may not know much about these players. But you do know about their 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 uh their current team startups. Started uh, starters. Yeah. With the Steelers we have Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> With the Falcons, you have Marcus Mariota. Yep. With the Panthers, you have Sam Darnold. Uh and with the Titans, you have Ryan Tannehill. Uh, so of is this another four, bad gauntlet? <laughs> this is this is going to be kind of an impromptu gauntlet. But in a sense, of one of these four guys, which do you think gets benched first for their rookie quarterback? Oh, who do I think gets benched first? I'll I'll actually take out I'll actually take out uh, Pickett and Trubisky because I because first round pick I feel like he's got a better shot right right it's just it's just kind of easy to say oh well he's the first round pick so it makes sense i'll leave it to mariota darnold and Tannehill. who gets benched first for their backup mariota's backup is desmond ritter darnold's backup is matt corral Tannehill's backup is now malik willis okay it's a little bit harder it's a little bit harder because I don't know too much about the new guys coming in, mm-hmm. but uh, you could talk about the play of those three guys and see who would, who do you think would get benched first for a, a well, rookie? Okay, 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 okay. Uh, the one I think is not going to get benched first is probably Tannehill. I think okay. Tannehill has one more year, and we talked about. I think we talked about this when we talked about the gauntlet. He also has got like one more year where it's just kind of like, all right, let's let's see if we can just like squeeze out a little drop of success. He's definitely going to mentor the new guy, and I'm sure he'll be replaced next year. Mm. But I don't think that uh, Tannehill is going to get benched this year. Okay, got it. My my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I also would agree with that opinion. I think that Tannehill has a little more. Uh, leeway uh, with the with the contract that they originally gave him, the money that they gave him, I feel like they're more they're willing to to put up with Ryan Tannehill's flaws a little longer. Especially considering they probably view Malik Willis as a project, picking him in the third round. Right. I don't think they view him immediately. You see him as that guy coming in, yeah. right? So, um, my next thing is that uh, well, Mariota, who did he who did he play for last year? Last year he was the backup for Las Vegas under behind Derek Carr. This behind year, Derek Carr, yeah, he didn't. This year he's he's the Falcons' starting guy. He's gonna be the he's gonna start off on the. If you're gonna look at uh, start off depth charts, starting depth charts, Mariota's gonna be there in the preseason uh, because they just picked him up after trading Matt Ryan to the Colts. So, right. I think he is also not going to get benched right away. I mean, you have a new quarterback. Is Marcus Mariota a, a quarterback god? No. No. No, he's not. And especially after playing backup. But again, he's a new guy that they've already brought in pre-draft with the anticipation of letting him in. Uh, I, I I haven't seen Marcus Mariota play. I, I really haven't It's seen been a while. Him. He, I don't think he started a game a since while. 2019. Yeah, it's been a while. Because who did he play for then? Uh, Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tennessee. I think he's gonna have a chance too. 
However, Sam Darnold, man. I mean, what, what, I, how, I don't know. I, I don't think he really did too much for the Panthers last year. Um, hmm. They had a tough, they had a tough. Also, isn't Cam Newton back on the. No, I think he's a free agent. He was on a one year deal, so you think he's okay. a free agent right now. Uh, Sam Darnold, there's, in my opinion, there's not a lot to love. Uh, I mean, he's fine. He's good. But I think that if anybody's going to get replaced, so if based off of your question, mm-hmm. I think Mariota's going to get a chance. I think Tannehill's going to get his last chance. And I think if somebody were to get replaced, it'd probably be Sam Darnold. And I actually agree with that thinking 100%. I think Tannehill and I think Mariota, they view Mariota as the bridge guy. They view him as the Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos. Yeah, he's just in between now. But they brought him in for a reason. They brought him in. So, like, in a sense, they they view him that he can finish out the season with average play. I feel like a good enough play that... It's doesn't... It's it's it doesn't... It's not worth the benching. Mm-hmm. But... It's also like you're not gonna be like wowed that like you have to pay him some sort of exorbitant amount. So he's gonna be good enough. I think it's gonna be so that Desmond Ritter can take over his position next year or the year after, depending on how many how many. I think that he uh, Mario has a two year deal. So if they want to go through with both years, they have the opportunity to. Right, right. But I think I think Desmond Ritter might might have an opportunity. Uh, this year. Sooner than later. Next, yeah. yeah, sooner than later. I think the first person to go. He might even have an opportunity this year, Max. But I think the first person to go is Darnold. I think he has a, sh- a shorter leash. I think the, the the Carolina front office has said that. They're like, yeah, like we're gonna have the like the quarterback position to them. They needed they they've been talking about another guy for so long getting Malik Willis at six or Matt Corral at six or something like that. They were talking about getting a quarterback and then we want to add another quarterback to our room for so long that their faith in right uh, in uh, Sam Darnold is just not high. So, but again, like I said, what there was not a lot to love and there wasn't too. So it's warranted. It's warranted. So all I right. think that he has the shortest leash out of all of them. And I think Matt Corral will start before any of those other guys. I think I think that's a it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I know when we had the guy that we drafted and we had Cam Newton, it happened right pre-season. before the season, preseason, right before the off, like right before preseason started, right after um, training camp, right, like right at the end of training camp. And they just said, "Cam Newton, you're gone." Mac Jones. And he, yeah. It was a shocker. It was a shocker. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys has a really good camp. Like, Corral has a really good camp, but they have to make a decision. Like, do we start Corral or Darnold? It's going to be tougher for Carolina to do it during training camp, considering they gave picks up for Darnold. Right. So, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be, oh, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, not even, like, the quarterbacks are, like, like like some, like, like other world, otherworldly talent or anything. It's just, like, uh, right. they're good enough, and they, the, the positions, the people that they're, fa- like, kind of above them are just the, the, the space is not that high. Like it's not that, um, it's not that much. They can, they can, they can st- step into a position where they could be starters right away. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Seriously. Seriously. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely going to be interesting too. And like we said before, a very interesting draft. Um, now let's go back over to basketballs, the bouncing balls in the NBA. And uh, just a brief, I want to just do a brief first round recap, second round preview. I mean, I said the Suns in four didn't happen. The Pelicans came out fighting. They looked like they wanted it bad. And that is a young team who is hungry. They've got a lot of talent in Herb Jones, as much as I don't like him because of his attitude. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Jose Alvarado, and, and even Trey Murphy the third. I mean, to have mm. three rookies playing extended minutes in the playoffs and doing exactly what you needed them to do. I mean, Herb, Herb Jones, offense and defense all over the place. Jose Alvarado, yeah, he got some, like, you know, he played he played incredibly physically on on Chris Paul but defensively awesome he's a pest. and then Trey Murphy he's a pest and he's way undersized but he was he was there on all of the uh Suns guards hard over really height good. man i love his attitude i love that he got into chris paul's uh skin a little bit and you know what i mean like he just got he just got irritated chris paul a lot and uh, i love that i'm all for the the pest type of defender you know what I mean? just get, just get your nose in there not afraid to get on on the floor not afraid to to go up against the best the best yeah and then and then trey murphy is just an offensive three-point shooter i mean that yeah. guy when he was open i that's all i kept saying i was like you can't leave him open you can't leave him open you can't leave him open because he would he would knock down those open threes great yeah. great series to watch that again i thought the suns were going to take it handedly no the suns flat out struggled in some games to, to keep up with the Pelicans. And yeah. that was really interesting to watch. The Suns were not playing uh, like they like a team who won 64 games. I will say that as well. Um, I think there was a lot of flaws. However, one guy was playing like he won 82 games. Chris Paul, perfect from the field in game six. 14 of 14. Your favorite player has never done that. Nobody's ever done that in the playoffs. Insane. Yeah, if you if you look at all the the shots that Chris Paul was hitting to, he was just getting to his spots. That's something that the Pelicans were not able to stop. When Chris Paul loves when he can sweep across the middle of the court and um just take that elbow jumper off a screen yeah. or something. Yeah. He was just going back and forth. It was like a drill to him. He was yeah. getting he was just he, you know what I mean like he was getting to the block, he hit a three. I'm just, I'm not even stunned because this is something that like when Chris Paul is on shooting wise, he is on, but I'm amazed because to be perfect and to shoot 14 shots and they're not all like at the rim either. And it's like, they were all mid range jumpers. That's a tough shot. Arguably it's a tough shot to take. Yeah. And it's a high stakes game. It was a close game for a lot of that too. Like, a lot of that, yeah. You know what I mean? Until he kind of, until they kind of put it away. The Suns were down. The Suns were down for a good chunk of that game. Yeah. yeah. So to to be perfect and to bring them back and to to keep even and and just win that game and to have a performance like that and game six, um, man, Chris Paul, man, Chris Paul, incredible. So Suns take it in six. Uh, in the West, elsewhere, we have Warriors versus Nuggets. The officiating in Game 5, some of the worst I've seen. So, so skewed towards the Warriors. It was not even funny. I mean, the Nuggets were getting smashed, smash-burgered at the rim and outside. And just 
look, I get it. They're at home, but there's no way that you can have something. And the Nuggets were actually playing like playing well. They yeah, realized they it was win or go home, and they lost by three points. And I want to credit those. Th- the Nuggets points. would have won. Four points. Yeah. I, Nuggets would have won if the officiating wasn't so skewed, without a doubt. And they would have taken two games. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Then uh, we also had, uh, you know, Mavs Jazz. We talked about it earlier. The Mavs took it. They exposed Rudy Gobert, just like everybody does in the playoffs. Um, it was it was great to see, with Luka out, it was great to see Jalen Brunson turn up. Really, really great to see. And the Mavs have a pretty, pretty decent team, I got to say. Yeah, that Porzingis trade, in hindsight, uh, did wonders for them. I think yeah. if you had Porzingis in there, right, your depth at guard and the ability to... He would have been good. Like, he would have been good, but his his he's still... He's still uh, the pace wouldn't be there with Porzingis. He's he's not a he's not a first to the basket type of guy. He's a kind of trailer hit the three type of guy. So so people are kind of waiting up for him. Lucas kind of waiting up for him. When you get a when you get guys like Bertans and Dinwiddie, they run up and down the court. They're driving Dinwiddie's sl- driving to the driving to the hole, and he's really keeping up the pace of play. Bertans is running to his spots, right? And these are two guys that on their past team. Did not play well. They, 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 overall, they weren't. Dinwiddie was treated like uh, a second guy. Couldn't do it. Bertans was almost bent. He was benched for a while and he was getting like under 10 minutes a game and he just wasn't playing well. But then when he got put into a role on a team that likes to play up and down, they like to play fast. They just got, they just did wonders for them. So I think these are, these are really good players for them as they continue in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. The Mavs, the Mavs are looking pretty solid. You know, I don't. The Mavs play the Suns, so we'll see. They could take it. They could take it if the Suns don't get back, and they, you know, obviously Devin Booker is healthy now. But if the Suns don't return to old form, they're going to have a tough time with the Mavs for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the Grizzlies, John Morant with one of the most insane dunks I've ever seen. That, that in game, <laughs> one of the most insane dunks I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, incredible. And the Timberwolves couldn't keep a lead. Double-digit leads in multiple games, and they lost so many times. They just they just couldn't contain it in the fourth quarter too. Like if if we were if this was the Celtics, right, and we lost multiple fourth quarter leads, I you'd be we'd be ripping, ripping, right? And that's a well, part of the have. age. Yeah. And that's a, that's a part of the age is like, man, they just lose focus so easily. <laughs> Well, no, Trey. Where's Pat Bev? Right? They should be able to maintain a lead and yeah, stop and I'm, Where's I'm Pat a, Bev? Yeah, and I I like Pat Bev. Right? I've been on record saying I like Pat Bev. I like what he brought to the team. But replay the tape, please. Replay the tape. Yeah, so I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off of that. But and right, you know what I mean? I like that pest type of player too. You know what I mean? So it's like you want them on your team. You hate to play against them, but you want them on your team, and it's they're easy target too. But defensively the team that was 13th in defensive rating over the season did not show up in the key moments continued continued they had multiple leads so you could tell they're offensively so talented right when you right. go on stretches and get double digit leads they're talented against a really good defensive team in memphis but their the ability their focus being being young just can it's just not they're just there. young yeah i'm not 
and I, I, I got it. It's not even just young. It's maturity too. Carl Anthony Towns isn't young anymore, right? Like Carl Anthony immature, Towns, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is seven years in the league, but the maturity, wow. uh, the maturity, like you know what I mean? Like they do a lot of stuff where in game, right? Like yeah, they celebrated after the play in or whatever. And now it, it feels, I, I said this, but it feels warranted now because that was like the Super Bowl. That's all they basically won. Um, so good, good for them. <laughs> they, they, they got the banner. Um, but they do the in-game stuff, right? Like Pat Bev does the, 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 the you're too little, right? Not knowing that he's playing John Morant, who's whooping his ass and, uh, he could do the too little too. So it's like anything you could do, I could do better. Right. Like, yeah, so, seriously. You know what I mean? And then Carl Anthony Towns is like, you know, quieting the crowd after a three. When, and then he did that and they lost. They lost that game. And you know what it is, right? It's all on the offensive end. All those celebrations have been on the offensive end after a bucket. They can't do the same thing defensively because they're not playing well defensively. Well, but now, now for the Timberwolves is like you see that you, you've got your offense together. Now it's time to bring in some defensive role players. It's yeah, defensive role players. Yes, they have they have good defensive guys. Vanderbilt, Beverly, um, McDaniel's. They have good long guys. They just don't have the. They just don't. They need to all play defense. Yeah, Cat yeah. needs to play defense. Anthony Edwards needs to play defense. D'Angelo Russell needs to play defense. If they don't believe that D'Angelo Russell could play defense, they. I. It's just like you can find a guy that can score. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. So yeah. it's like I would rather have a guy on that team that can be a a a a fourteen point or thirteen or fourteen point game scorer and and a really good defender than D'Lo if he's going to score nineteen and not play defense at all. You mm-hmm. know, you get what I'm saying. I'd rather have a little bit less scorer for more defense than a, a than a better scorer that can't that's not playing defense at all. Mm-hmm. So. 100%. So I, I it's either got to be a change up of of that type of player or the the makeup of these guys they just got to be uh more in tune defensively and more yeah. focused. That's the thing. It's like defensive focus. It's not even just like can you play defense? It's like will you play defense for extended right. periods of time? And that's right. That's what they're struggling in. For sure. Yeah, so we have our matchup set. It's Warriors versus the Grizzlies mm, and then it's Suns matchup. versus Mavericks. Ugh, good matchup. That's going to be so good. Warriors. Over Grizzlies. on the east side, we have the Hawks. I knew it was going to happen. They took one game. <laughs> uh-huh, just like Trey uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely eviscerated by the Miami Heat. Eviscerated. I mean, it was just, yeah, Hawks won by like one point in that game. <laughs> that they did was, yeah, without Butler and Lowry. Oladipo went off. And and every other game, the the Heat won by like ten plus points, yeah, sometimes more. Yeah, uh, there's B- so Bucks deep, destroyed yeah. the Bulls. The Bulls making me look bad. <laughs> the making making me look bad too. Making Joe look really good. <laughs> making Joe look really good. Good pick, buddy. Uh, and then we have Celtics, as you know, four zero sweep. The only sweep of the first round was the Celtics wrecking wrecking the Brooklyn Nets. I mean that impressive, insane, and then. You have Philly versus Toronto. Toronto was able to take two games on Philly, which surprised me. Uh, but Embiid, the guy's playing through multiple injuries. So it's big now. We thought, okay, he's going to play through that torn ligament in his thumb. Now he's got to play. Now he, we don't even know he's going to play. Right now he's he's got the occipital lobe fracture, I think. He's, so he got elbowed up in the eye. Da- uh, up 29 with four minutes left. 
in game six, a game that they that they won handily, right? Up 29. He gets elbowed on a drive, defending a drive by Siakam. And now he has concussion system, uh, symptoms and a fire fracture in his face, basically. So, yeah, he could play him. He could play with the mask. Will he be cleared to play with the mask? Who knows? And when will that be? And then and then B, concussion symptoms, right? Like, he's got to get through those, too. He's got to be all the way right. Man, like. And you need him you, to play you, Miami. You need yeah, him to play you, Miami. Oh, my God. You need him to play anybody if you're the way Harden is playing, right? Harden's been inconsistent. He had a good game six. But yeah. he's been inconsistent. Um, do you uh, do you trust Doc Rivers in this situation, Max? Uh, in terms of what do you mean? In, in terms, terms of, of of personnel making the right decisions, do you feel like? Obviously, I feel like him letting him beat out there in twenty nine up twenty nine in the fourth quarter. That's a bad call. Bad luck. You're up- bad luck, right? The same way that it's a bad luck for. Uh, Jason Kidd when he left Luca out there and he had the calf strain in the last game of the season, right? So it's a bad look when you're up that much and you leave your star out there. I'm just like uh, not all the all the way sure that in the in when the game gets tight, when the game gets tight, that uh, that that Doc Rivers play calling is all the way there, that the the team the Sixers is all the way there, right? You remember that game that it went into to OT and Embiid hit the the game winner, uh, the 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 three falling away with like seven point seven on the clock or whatever. Lucky shot, yeah. Do you remember the last couple possessions before that, or uh, before the OT where Embiid is like chucking up threes, and Tobias Harris is missing gimme shots and stuff, and it's just like they have, they have like a, a an underlying feeling of 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 suck to them. They have a. They just have a. They just have an aftertaste. Of, they're a really good team, but they just have an aftertaste of all the suck that they've gone through. And I just feel like in those tight moments against a good team that'll take advantage, like Miami. They. I don't think they got a shot. I yeah. think Miami. I. I, I think Miami's. They, they're gonna one. take. They're gonna take one. They're gonna take one. But Miami in these close games, they know how to, uh, to to bring that lead up real quickly. And they'll hold on to it, like like we said, yeah. And then uh, Celtics Bucks again, another series that could realistically go to seven. Oh. But I think the Celtics have all the tools to get out and uh, go to the conference finals. Yeah. So you 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 look at the Middleton injury as a big loss for my uh, Milwaukee. But something that's been understated is the hamstring of Jalen Brown, which he hurt in the last game. I've been reading reports, though. He says that he's feeling okay. I, I know. I know. I just don't. I'm always afraid with hamstrings, especially his. Especially his. Because uh, it takes a while. And you never know when those pop up again and get aggravated and how they get aggravated, right? Remember his hamstring from, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where he, he, he tried to come back early and then he went up for a dunk. And when he came back down, he landed and he aggravated again. And he was having some issues that year. So I'm always afraid of the hamstring. And then with uh, uh, Al Horford, I saw a picture of him at practice of his uh, of his uh, finger taped up. Mm. And I was like, what is this about? When did Al Horford get injured? I was like, well, who's going to tell it? Who, who's going to tell the, the, the public? Like, what? We just got to learn from like a, a media shot like that he's injured. So right. um, it, it's probably not too much. But I am afraid if Jalen Brown is anywhere near her, right? I do not want any advantage to go Milwaukee's way, right? 
we have a certain advantage now with Middleton being out. If that evens out with Brown being, uh, hopefully it's not, but Brown being uh, some sort of uh, have any, you know, being being with Brown being out, yeah, injured or playing hurt or anything like that. That's an advantage that we once had that's not there anymore. And I feel like uh, that's not going to bode well if uh, we're playing Milwaukee, a team that we, we defensively, you got to. Uh, Giannis is a, is a force. Yeah. It's an absolute force. But defensively and offensively, we've seen it before. He's going to, yeah, he's going to kill us if, uh, if Brown's not there. Yeah. Well, we shall see. All right. Well, folks. Get excited for the playoffs. I know we certainly mm-hmm. are, and it was a playoff great first basketball. round. Playoff basketball. It's been it's been really entertaining, and I'm excited for the second round. The first mm-hmm. game starts today, so let's see where it goes. Uh, you have been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>